It is March 2, 1942 in Harlem, Netherlands. Corrie Ten Boom, a quiet woman living with her family above their watch shop, quickly whispers, Go. There is a soft hustling heard in the background as the four people gather all their belongings and scurry up to Corrie's room. They go behind her dresser through a small hole in the bottom. Finally, silence. One minute and 34 seconds. We must try again. Again they practiced, and again and again. At last, these tucked away Jews here. One minute and five seconds. That will do. Feeling relieved and accomplished, these Jews carefully crawled back out of the wall and through the dresser. Corey embraced them. Do not be afraid. God is with us. The Jews sighed in relief as they knelt down to pray. Why are Jewish people hiding in this family's home? Let's talk about the scene. At this time, Germany was sweeping through Europe, occupying and terrorizing small nations. Adolf Hitler, leader of the Nazi party and dictator of Germany, blamed everything bad on the Jews. This caused much anti-Semitism or hatred of Jews. Jews would hide in Christian homes all over Europe, trying to get out of Nazi-occupied territories in attempts to escape the Gestapo. But if found, they would be shot on sight or taken to a concentration camp where they would most likely be killed. Cornelia Ten Boom, or Cory, was born in Harlem, Netherlands, 1892. She and her family, her father Willem and her sister Bessie, were passionate about religion, and Cory was raised to rely on God. This would carry her through some of the hardest times of her life and the lives of others. Cory was a light to those around her, and this is evident by her willingness to serve others constantly for the Lord. Cory took every situation she was in and used it to minister to others. The Lord used her to save people from death, from sin, as well as death in a concentration camp. Cory lived with her family above their watch shop. Built into Cory's room was a hiding place, large enough for only a maximum of six people standing. When hiding, these people had to remain completely silent. There was no soundproof element to the hiding spot, nor any luxury like chairs or food storage. The space was so small that when they were free to do so, the Jews hiding would live among the Ten Boom family, eating the same meals and using the same space. When a bell rang, they had a little over a minute to hide and clean up any trace of people other than the family living in the home. They would scurry into the hiding place and wait until the Gestapo were far away to return to safety. One time, they were forced to wait 47 hours in the tiny space. But, while this seems highly impractical, it was quite effective. One way that the struggling Jews found this hiding spot was by going to the watch shop and telling the clerk they needed help and a place to go. He would send them to the Ten Boom family, and they would go as needed. However, this good deed they were doing could not last forever. It's now February 28, 1944. Soft music is playing behind the chatter of a full house when all of a sudden, the bell rings. Everyone's cheerful, light-hearted faces quickly turned pale and rushed into action. Hurry! Light whispers flutter around the room as the Jews hide in the wall and every trace of their existence is hidden. The door is kicked open. Where are they? The Gestapo are ruthless. cried Corey. Meanwhile, her father steps in front of the family, shielding them from further harm. They know that they are here, the Gestapo angrily shout. Suddenly, 
They continue to enter, flooding every room of the house. Corey's small protests mean nothing to them. They destroy everything, knocking over furniture, decorations, pictures. They damage this family have nothing left to do but pray. I found some! The entire Ten Boom family stood still and held their breath. No one moved an inch. What happened next all seemed to be a blur. They were herded onto trucks like cattle and brought to a concentration camp, Corey staying with Betsy. Willem died only ten days after entering the camp. Through their time at Camp Ravensbrook, Corey and Betsy did good deeds. For example, they would gather everyone together and have them sing worship songs when it was safe and when guards were not around to punish them. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. This was a way to encourage and unite the girls and help them all get through together. Ultimately, Corey and her sister wanted to lead them to the Lord, which they did. December 16th, Betsy dies of malnutrition at the camp. Corey recalls that her face, when she is dead, returns to a young, peaceful state. She attributes this to the peace that Betsy has because of getting to be with God in heaven. Corey is grateful that Betsy has this peace. After all, Betsy had been suffering from pernicious anemia for her whole life. Corey did not stay in the camp by herself for long, though. December 28th, only 12 days after Betsy died, Corey Ten Boom hears her name. Corey Ten Boom! Confused and startled, she walks to the man. Oh! Oh! He tells of her release. She's free! Later, Corey finds out that it was a clerical error, but she knew it was the Lord. Because of this new chance at life, she dedicated her life even more to working for the Lord. Soon after her narrow escape, the group of girls that she was kept with were all killed. This is how she knew it was the Lord's intervention that saved her life and that he would use her to do great things. Corey lived on to write a book, The Hiding Place. This details her experience in the camp and how she was able to work for the Lord. It is said that she saved 800 Jews in hiding, but she definitely saved more souls than lives. Her influence on the world has been a tremendous blessing not only to Jews, but to anyone she was around. Corey passed away on her 85th birthday, 1977, to be with the Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For further information about Corey Ten Boom, read her book, The Hiding Place.